So here I am, a grad student, talking to the research officer of the Malala Fund, one of my dream jobs, just so excited that she asked to have a call with me. So we hopped on the call, she just talked about how she's interested in data feminism herself, how she would love to kind of take on an advisory role within the organization. I played it super cool, saying, wow, yes, Naomi, we would love to have you on board. <laughs> Meanwhile, freaking out behind, behind the screen. So yeah, I think her, having her support was a real turning point for us. And I don't know if we would have grown it to where it is today without the support of a professional in this field telling us that, that she believes in us. Welcome to the DFN Podcast. I'm Ali, your host today, and the founder and executive director here at Data Feminism Network. That clip you just heard is a snippet of my conversation with Jade, our director of strategic initiatives about the founding of DFN. In today's episode, Jade and I will be sharing the story of why and how we built the DFN community. We are so excited to share this episode. Hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm Jade and I'm the Director of Strategic Initiatives. Today, Ali and I will be talking about the founding of DFN. Ali, would you like to start by talking about the inspiration behind DFN? Definitely. So I graduated from McGill University in 2019 and immediately went on a three-month trip with my partner through South Asia. And while I was there, I was shocked by the levels of gender inequality that I witnessed and experienced. I met a few girls who told me about their experiences growing up, being tr treated differently from their brothers, and how they had to fight for their right to education. And I really just came back from that trip feeling inspired. And at the time, so in fall of 2019, I was already interested in pursuing a master's degree in business analytics. I did a business analytics concentration during my undergrad and found it really interesting. But now I had this newfound passion for gender equality and began exploring where those two intersect and if they even did at all. And the more research I did, the more I read, the more I discovered that the two really do go hand in hand. And I came across organizations like Data2x, Equal Measures 2030, and I began reaching out to industry leaders who work at the intersection of gender equality and data. I began talking to them. They recommended some great books. And yeah, I just really found my passion there. In those networking calls, I had the opportunity to work for a senior consultant at UN Women. I also worked for a Vancouver-based organization called One Girl Can. I ended up working for free all summer and really diving deeper into the intersection of data and gender equality. And I am just the biggest advocate for coffee chats because those coffee chats, those cold calls on LinkedIn really led to some incredible experience for me and really helped me discover what I'm passionate about. And I'm so thankful for those people that I met through those cold calls and through those coffee chats. So I'm the, I'm the biggest advocate for those. But anyway, I started a master's program in the fall of 2020. And I came into that program with this newfound passion and immediately began looking for people who were also interested in the field of sustainable development as well as data. So it was a master's of business analytics degree. And for that reason, of course, my classmates are also interested in data. So I was looking for people who are interested in both data and sustainable development or gender equality like myself. 
And I met a few people, one of which is Simran, the director of business development here at DFN. And I quickly realized that most people weren't interested in the topic. Most people didn't really know anything about data equity or how data can be leveraged for social good. And so I kind of felt this need to educate my classmates and continue to educate myself. And I had this idea to create this community where we can all learn from each other and learn from those who are much more well-versed at the intersection of data and gender. And so I created DFN and I immediately created some Google form applications, which I posted on social media. I got my university to send out to some students and yeah, I began recruiting a team. And at this time, I really didn't even know what the organization or what the community was or even what to call it. I had a very loose vision or mission of leveraging data for gender equality. And that's kind of what I put in the headline, but I didn't really know what I wanted it to be aside from that. So yeah, I sent out these applications and that is where Jade comes in. Jade, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about how you heard about DFN and how you got involved? Sure. So this was back in the fall of 2020. I was in the Masters of Management program at the University of British Columbia, and it had only been going for about two weeks, but I checked my inbox and Sauter, the name of our business school, had sent an email out advertising some positions for Data Feminism Network. I didn't have much experience in data at all, but I saw the word feminism and the word network and kind of knew this um, could be a role that I could fit into pretty well. In my undergrad, I studied English literature and social justice, and I really developed this passion for feminism and especially in the business program where I found feminism wasn't really something that was incorporated into the curriculum. I really wanted to find a way to get involved and kind of use my new skills, but also really continue learning everything that I'd started learning in my undergrad. So I saw the application and I think I did it in about two hours. I was just so excited. Once I started writing, everything just started coming out and I submitted my application. And then a couple days later had my interview with Ali I, in the meantime, had been researching Data Feminism Network and was trying to prepare and kind of see what the organization was about, but I realized there wasn't really anything yet. At this time, I didn't know that the organization had not really been fully realized yet, and so I just kind of went into the interview not really knowing, but then, of course, in the first few minutes, I learned that it was a new organization, so I actually had the opportunity to be a part of the building of it, which was really exciting. And Ali and I just clicked right away. We had amazing conversations talking about feminism and healthcare, and I was sort of learning about more what data feminism was, and I was immediately so excited. And the best part of the interview was that Ali said they were thinking about doing a book club, and since I studied English literature in my undergrad, I was so excited at the idea of running a book club. So once I got the acceptance email, um, Ali had said, you'll actually get to be in charge of the book club, and that has just been the most exciting part of being in DFN. I remember when we were interviewing Jade, we asked her a question. We asked her, what does intersectionality mean to you? And we'd ask that to all our prospective candidates. And I remember hearing the answer to that question and just thinking, oh my gosh, she knows so much more than I do about this topic. And I just knew right then and there that she was who I needed on the team and was the perfect complement to my data background. She had the like complete feminist package. 
Yeah, I think a big turning point for us in sort of defining who we are was studying a bit more about data feminism and really realizing that feminism is not just about gender, but it's really about understanding all different forms of oppression. And you can't lift up any particular gender without also, you know, dedicating time to understand racism and fat phobia and sexism and xenophobia and all of these different things and how they inform each other since gender is not just the single entity but it really is so intertwined with all other factors. Okay, so let's talk about those early stages of DFN. We had a team of about four grad students and I remember being so stoked when we hit 200 followers on LinkedIn. We didn't even have an Instagram page yet. We just had LinkedIn and Twitter going. Our Twitter page was maybe at 20 followers and we were just so stoked. LinkedIn is our platform. There was a couple people from the UN who followed us and we just thought we were so cool and that people had no idea that we were a student-run group. <laughs> and I remember what was so funny is when we were defining our mission and vision, it was such an iterative process because like I said, I hadn't really defined that before bringing everyone on board. So we kind of started talking about what the mission and the vision of the organization would be. And we started off with a focus on gender equality, but the more that we all looked into data feminism and the more we learned about data equity in general, we kind of discovered that we couldn't just stick to focusing on women and girls. We really had to expand our reach to all marginalized communities who are disproportionately harmed by technology and data. And we went back and forth on that so much because at the time we felt that we weren't really experts in that field. And who are we to kind of create a community around this thing that we're not even experts on ourselves? But I think there's a, a lesson there and we just jumped into that with an open mind um, and we ourselves were open to learn so that was a really interesting process for me and now jade we first started hosting our book clubs and our dfn lounges early on since i since you were the head of the book club department why don't you tell everyone about our, our earliest events sure so the first book that we read was invisible women so what during my interview, actually, Ali introduced this book and she said Invisible Woman was really part of the inspiration behind forming Data Feminism Network. So Invisible Woman is this book that kind of talks about the way the world is really built for men. And I was really excited to read it. And once I did, my entire perspective changed. Some of the examples range from things like, oh, how can snow plowing be sexist? And other examples were about how phones are not built for women's hands, they're built for men's hands. But then other examples are a lot more extreme, you know, about car crash testing and how um, they're tested on uh, male dummies and not on female dummies. So this actually makes them a lot, it makes cars a lot more harmful for women and can make women die disproportionately in comparison to men. Another example is firefighter equipment and uniforms and how they're not built for women so they have a greater chance of dying and this is just because things are not being properly tested on women or just on you know diverse bodies and so the book really just kind of brings light like all of the issues and sort of the urgency of data and how you know it's something that's going to 
play a role in our society more and more as the future goes on. So it's more important now than ever that we really address these issues and kind of recognize how data is actually causing a lot of harm, but there's still time to turn it around so it can really equitably benefit everybody. So this was the topic of our first book club. So it was a really great way, I think, to get everybody interested in data feminism and understand why it's important. At our first session, I think we had around 20 guests. Uh, the majority of which were our friends and family. Um, we really recruited people from our master's programs. So it was definitely exciting to engage in these conversations with our peers, especially because I found these conversations weren't necessarily happening in the classroom of my program. From here on out, we would vote on a book at the end of each session, and then that would be what we would read for the next month. So I'll just give some of our honorable mentions. Our second book was Weapons of Math Destruction, which I actually read in a data analytics course in my program. And this book completely changed my life. And I think it changed the people who attended the book club's lives as well. It was really interesting to hear everybody's different perspectives since everyone comes from different academic backgrounds. So some people are really interested in healthcare. Other people are really interested in the policing system. So it's just so amazing to hear kind of the way everybody read the books, but also just seeing people's eyes open up when they're having conversations with other people and really seeing how much we're learning just from talking together. And I had a friend tell me how nice it was to just be in that space where people are really taking these topics seriously and it's a safe space to just explore and learn. So the book club has been really special and I'm excited to see it uh, continue growing in the future. It's interesting to reflect on how the demographic of our events have evolved over the past few months. Like you said, our first few events were mostly our family and friends attending. And because of that, most of the participants didn't have much background knowledge on data feminism or data equity. And that was exciting in and of itself, because like you said, everyone was so keen to learn, their eyes lit up, it was it was brand new to them. And it really was meaningful in that way that we were reaching those people who didn't have any pre-existing knowledge, which I guess is kind of at the heart of, of the DFN community. But now as, as we're growing, we're seeing that our community is largely comprised of people who work for nonprofit organizations, who work in sustainable development, who work for UN entities or as researchers or as professors. But we still have held on to that student demographic as well. And I think it's just so amazing to see people from all backgrounds attending our events. Our most recent book club event, we had artists, we had teachers, we had data professionals, of course, we had equal amounts of men and women, which was just so exciting to see. And it's just very exciting in general to see how much our community has grown from then until now. Speaking of being so stoked that we had 200 followers on LinkedIn, we now have over a thousand and we're gaining a hundred a week, which is mind blowing considering where we were only a few, a few months ago. As a result of our growing community, attendance at our virtual events have grown exponentially. Notably, the first session of our three-part Data Feminism book club series, which we're hosting in collaboration with Toronto Women X in Data Science, had over 200 registrants, which is a big step from our 20 participants of family and friends that we initially started with. Jade is taking the lead on this initiative, so I'll pass it on to her to talk more about it. Yeah, so this book club idea started actually at an event hosted by Toronto Women X in Data Science. It was a 
two-day conference with experts in the data science and feminism field and it was something everybody on our team was really excited for especially because they had a networking component so it would be a really good chance for us to meet other people who are interested in the same topics so at the event we were put into random breakout rooms for five minutes at a time um, just with one other person where you get to network and you actually played a game called two truths and a lie and in my room, I ended up being put with the director of Toronto Women X and Data Science and also the host of the event. So I was almost speechless. I was so nervous. I didn't even know what to say, but we had a great conversation. And one of my two truths and a lie was that I host a book club for my organization, Data Feminism Network. And then um, she said that um, their team is also going to start a media club and then she asked me if we had read the book Data Feminism, and I said we actually have not yet, even though we are the Data Feminism Network, but we were kind of waiting for the right moment to read that book. But it seemed like it had worked out amazingly that we had not done that book, and that was the book that their team wanted to do for their media club. And so she brought up the idea of a potential collaboration, and before I could even get her email, the five minutes ran out. So. I went to go find her on LinkedIn, I found her email, and then we ended up getting in touch a couple weeks later. And at our first meeting, um, we decided we wanted to do a three-part book series, um, just since it is a longer book, and we really wanted to give our readers a chance to really digest the material and kind of focus a lot of time on each chapter. And we also had the idea of creating these study guides, um, which ended up being around 10 pages that would really give the readers more of a chance to understand the definitions and key concepts and examples from the book since it is um, such a dense read with so much information. So we had our first session around two weeks ago and it was a huge success. We had people attend from all over the world. There were some people who said they were in Europe and it was 1am their time but they were so excited to attend the event that they stayed up for it. and. Um, in about three different breakout rooms. I had some of the most amazing conversations just with um, professional students, artists, data scientists, and it was really incredible what I had learned and seeing from the perspectives and also just the smiles on people's faces. People didn't know that I was a part of the Data Feminism Network in the breakout rooms, but they were still saying how excited they were to be at the event and how much they loved being able to meet everybody. So it was just such an exciting moment. And the other exciting components of this book club are that um, we've been reposted by the authors of the books on their social media, so they found us, which is really exciting and I think sort of led to our larger um, amount of registrants than we've typically had for book clubs. And we've also been able now to get in touch with the authors and for our final book club series, one of the authors, Lauren F. Klein, will be attending. So this is something that will be huge for us, and I think our readers will be so excited to get to personally ask questions to the author of the book. And finally, we have received a grant from our school, so we're able to give away 30 uh, copies of Data Feminism to the people in the book club, which is a great way for us to support the authors and also to you know give our readers a gift for being involved in our club. So. It's very exciting. Catherine and Lauren, if you are listening to this podcast, you should know that every time you like one of our posts, you reshare one of our posts, a screenshot is immediately sent into our team group chat and we just totally fangirl. So the fact that we have now been in touch with both of you via email is like a, a dream come true. 
Yeah, it's something we talked about a couple months ago. We had found their profiles on LinkedIn and Twitter and had kind of been waiting for the right moment to reach out, but we didn't know what to say or anything like that. So it's perfect now we um, were able to connect through our book club of their book. So for those of you who aren't familiar with DFN, when we first started, we started with two types of events, the DFN book club, which Jade has mentioned, and the DFN lounges, which have also been referred to throughout this podcast. So Jay took the lead on the book club and I took the lead on the DFN lounges. And it's so cool to reflect on the progress we've made in those events as well. I remember our first lounge was with Niraja Penumetra from Data2x. I was so nervous to reach out to her and she was just so welcoming when she replied. She was really happy to be part of the conversation. And I remember the first lounge, I was so nervous. My palms were sweating. My mouth was so dry. We had a few technical difficulties along the way. All of the attendants were my friends and family and the friends and family of other members of DFN. I texted my parents and my brothers before making sure they were all there because we were so nervous. And it went great. Niraja was super nice. The recording is actually up on YouTube. I think we've had nine lounges by now and seeing the progress of those lounges has been incredible. We've had such interesting topics from the basics, you know, Gender Data 101, Data Feminism 101, to data-driven feminist movements, why feminism needs men and men need feminism. We've covered such a diverse array of topics. I've learned so much in the process. And now it's not just our friends and family attending. Our last lounge had almost 100 participants. The Q&A was bumping. People were very present, very engaged. And it was just such... A great environment where we all learned from each other. Plus we've gotten all the technical difficulties sorted out. My palms don't sweat anymore. I've got the nerves handled and yeah we just made such incredible progress. Yeah attending that last lounge with that many participants and seeing people so engaged we didn't even have time to answer all the questions. Um, it was just really exciting to see really the overflow of interest and excitement over the topic. Um, but yeah, it really makes me see how far we've come since our first lounge, you know, with just a few participants. So I'm curious what you think our biggest turning point was as an organization. That's a great question, Jade. It's hard to pinpoint one key turning point, but the first thing that comes to mind, if I had to choose, is one of our lounge guests. Her name is Naomi Nyamwea, she's the research officer at the Malala Fund. I reached out to her early on. She's actually, I was connected with her prior to the founding of DFN because she's one of those people that I had that coffee chat with way back in 2019. I think she was actually my first ever coffee chat, my first ever cold LinkedIn message. I ended up chatting with her. She's the one who recommended Inv Invisible Women and Data Feminism to me, which is which is pretty interesting. But anyway, when I reached out to her about being a guest on the lounge, she replied saying she would actually love to be more involved than just a one-off speaking engagement and asked if we could set up a call. So here I am, a grad student, talking to the research officer of the Malala Fund, one of my dream jobs, just so excited that she asked to have a call with me. So we hopped on the call. She just talked about how she's interested in data feminism herself, how she would love to kind of take on an advisory role within the organization. 
I played it super cool saying, wow, yes, Naomi, we would love to have you on board. <laughs> Meanwhile, freaking out behind, behind the screen. So yeah, I think her, having her support was a real turning point for us. After that initial one-on-one -on -one call that I had with her, she met the whole team and she just injected, for lack of a better word, injected so much confidence and confidence in ourselves. Her support and her believing in us really encouraged us to take the organization to the next level. We got incorporated, we continued to grow the community and I don't know if we would have grown it to where it is today without the support of a professional in this field telling us that that she believes in us yeah that's definitely been my favorite part of the organization is meeting these professionals from all around the world and seeing them believe in us i just love seeing the way that that's really inspired us and something as simple as just saying that's an amazing idea i'm excited to see where you go in the future have you considered trying this? I mean, the impact that that's had on us has been so special. And you know, in the future, thanks to the help of all of the people we've met, especially Naomi, I really see us continuing growing big and you know, constantly redefining ourselves and our mission and really challenging ourselves to continue learning more about data feminism and to learn from as many people as possible and to just really never stop going after our mission and, you know, uh, leading our movement towards equitable data practices. And that's just it, Jade. It's not just having them believe in us, but it's learning from them and having their support and their continued teachings that are really going to help continue to grow the DFN community. We're going to keep dreaming big, reaching for the stars, expanding our community, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Well, Allie, it's been so great talking to you and reflecting on our journey at DFN. Thank you for joining us today. To stay up to date on Data Feminism Network's events, check out our website at www.datafeminismnetwork.org, where you can find more information about our next DFN Lounge Guest, the DFN Book Club, and more. If you're a fan of our show, follow us on Instagram at Data Feminism Network and on Twitter at Data Fem Network. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, where we post event updates and share job opportunities related to data equity and inclusion. Be sure to tune in to our next episode on Gender Data 101 with Niraja Panumecha from Data2x.